said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. While we are going to continue to talk about the war in Israel and Hamas, and we're going to talk about the, you know, what's going on with the uh, speakership. Jim Jordan didn't get it uh, just yet, but who knows? There's a lot of uh, it's it's the things that aren't going well, or the, the the it's the dissenters that are the more interesting part of that campaign. I think it would be easy if we had Trump, and that would be great. But uh, that doesn't seem like they that's something they want to do. Trump was in court yesterday, and Alina Haba. We have a clip that we're going to be playing from her. We also have a clip. Uh, from Donald Trump that says he thinks that Speaker Jordan uh, will be will happen and that uh, the party is more unified. I heard some analysis where they were talking about how much sway the tr- Trump team Trump has in the Republican Party. I, I don't know why they just don't make him speaker, but and then I realized I do know why. Because there's guys like Ken Buck and this guy Bacon that absolutely are not America first. And surprisingly, they're from states like Florida and Colorado and Nebraska. And you wonder how these people got elected. Reminds me of Ben Sass in in Nebraska. And uh, reminds me of how Lauren Bobart barely won her seat. And, you know, these states are not as red as you would think. And in fact, ever since Colorado went early balloting and started rigging elections, uh, it's gone farther and farther to the left. And there's just not much you can do about it. The Republicans have the numbers. The country is the majority uh, conservative country that we've always known it to be. 
But the elections aren't squaring that because there's a lot of fraud and rigging going on. The problem for the Democrats is there's only so much rigging they can do that if they were actually halfway decent custodians of their power, they would maintain their power. But what they're trying to do is a complete and total, you know, snatch and grab of of and usurping of our power uh, of the people, usurping of the power of the people, a diversion, you know, like basically a ripoff of the middle class. I mean, uh, the things that they're doing are so extreme, open borders, uh, pushing the climate initiatives that they're doing, the, the bioweapon COVID attack that they launched to win an election or usurp power from the middle class to advance their globalist political agenda with their votes in Congress only to get paid later for their good deeds by the corporations, the lobbyists, the PR agents themselves that are all backed, fortified, and financed by monsters like George Soros and Larry Fink and the guy who run, you know who runs BlackRock and all the companies that they force behaviors on and I'm quoting there so we're going to go ahead and take a listen we're going to get started with some of this audio that we have related to Trump in New York like he doesn't have anything better to do with his time. But here he is, Letitia James, a black DA racist who hates white people, is a George Soros funded DA that, you know, has it out for Donald Trump because he wanted to make America great again. Let's take a listen. Is this being publicly filed? This is, uh, by the way, this is Alina Haba makes a statement outside of the courtroom. Exactly the waiver that he has referred to in the statement of financial conditions, and I want you to understand how clear it is. It states such valuation methods include, but are not limited to, the use of appraisals, capitalization of anticipated earnings, recent sales, and offers, estimates of current values as determined by Mr. Trump in conjunction with his associates and in some instances, outside professionals. Considerable judgment is necessary to interpret market data and develop the related estimates of current value. Accordingly, the estimates presented herein are not necessarily indicative of the amounts that could be realized upon the disposition of the assets or payment of the related liabilities. The use of different market assumptions and or estimation methodologies may have a material effect on the estimated current value amounts. Let me explain to you what that is. That is on the wiser Lazar statement of financial condition in the front, but is always provided to everyone. All right, so that is the disclaimer that Trump talked about in the past. And we're going to continue with this in a second. But that disclaimer, why even have a contract, right? Why even bother with a contract if Letitia James 
decides she doesn't like white people or Asian people or whoever and decides, okay, you're a white person, you're an Asian person, and you have a business that I'm going to seize because I'm just, I'm a ra- I'm a dumb racist. So basically this is what the DA is in New York City, right? So she goes after Trump who changed the skyline forever with respect to um New York City skyline. And is contribute, you know, and is the quintessential New Yorker, and uh, somehow she has just had it out for him because he is a political firebrand. And so that disclaimer protects Trump in every single way, shape, and form. And every single witness that engaged in business with Trump is going to say that not only did we make our money back, we made money, we made a profit. Trump was never late, and Trump did everything right. And yeah, we read that, and we agreed to it. How in the world, then, is there a case? We have heard numerous witnesses come in and out of this court wasting taxpayer dollars, wasting numerous taxpayer dollars in a city that has fallen apart because they don't want to believe that any business in New York can conduct themselves without the Attorney General sticking her nose in your business with a statute that has never been used against an individual. This is a scary precedent legally for any business in New York. What is happening now is they are saying that the Attorney General is no longer going to use 6312 against consumers. She's going to come after you and your personal business, and then she will bring your children involved because of political motivation. And that is all that bad is here. I'll take some questions. Of course, he always cooperates. He will cooperate. He's going to be at that ridiculous hearing. I'm not going to give you details of my job. He's here. He's here. Yeah. Well, you just heard that he was surprised that his advice ended up on the savings financial conditions. What does the former president have to say to that? Well, the former president is going to say anything about it. We're going to cross-examine him, and I think that will say it all. I think you guys need to understand something. Banks hire appraisers. Everybody here knows that. Anybody here that's purchased a home or purchased anything in real estate understands a very basic thing. Let me put this whole case in plain English for you, okay? You are an individual. You go to get something appraised. You say, my house is worth X. The bank doesn't take your word for it. They hire people like that gentleman to go do their own values. Now, those values are going to be lower than the ones that the homeowner or the commercial real estate owner would use. It's very basic. Anybody watching any business television can understand or explain to you these basic principles of real estate. But the point is that's not what this is about. That is not what this case is about. It has nothing to do with this because the statement of financial condition was actually low. Statement of financial condition didn't include President Trump's brand. The statement of financial condition does not include the big picture. If you Trump Tower, you the Trump name off of that building, you put Letitia James's name on that building, it will not be worth what it is worth when Donald Trump owns it. Do you have a sense of when the former president will be testifying in this trial? When they call him, he will come up and testify. Thank you. It's a crazy country we're living in, isn't it? Um, Here's Trump coming out of the courtroom. Donald Trump weighs in on the speaker's race. 
There seems to be great unification. I think Jim Jordan will be a great speaker. Let's take a listen. keep on shouting questions um all right so benny johnson writes this representatives from these states are currently preventing jim jordan from becoming speaker most of these are red states that donald trump won in 2020 i don't think a single republican from these states oppose a jim jordan speakership members of the congress uh should represent the views of their constituents so Nebraska is going to be Don Bacon from Nebraska's 2nd District, Oklahoma, Frank Lucas, Oklahoma, uh, Tom Cole, Florida, uh, John Rutherford, Vern Buchanan, Mario Diaz-Baliart, and Carlos Jimenez. Carlos Jimenez was a surprise from Miami. Uh, Georgia, uh, Drew Ferguson. Um, Virginia, Rob Whitman, Arkansas, Steve Womack, Arizona's 2nd District, Idaho, Mike Simpson. They're all voting against Jordan. And, you know, what's disturbing is some of the comments that they make. So some some of the uh, opponents of, to these congressmen, like Trent Leasy uh, against Ken Buck, in Colorado, he says, my rhino opponent, Ken Buck, has taken his opposition to Jim Jordan. Ken Buck, you know, is basically bragging about it, you know, saying, unless Jim Jordan denounces Trump as the winner, uh, if unless Jim Jordan basically, here's what he said right here. This is Ken Buck. Listen to this. In the election. If he's going to lead this conference during a presidential election cycle, he's going to have to be strong and say Donald Trump didn't win the election. He's going to have to say Donald Trump didn't win the election if we're going to go into 2024. If he's going to lead this conference during a presidential election cycle, he's going to have to be strong and say Donald Trump didn't win the election. That is so petty. And Donald Trump did win the election. Do you think Joe Biden really won the election? Who can't even spell his name? Give me a break. What kind of country are we living in when we have a guy like John Fetterman walking in sweats throughout the halls of Congress? It's completely ridiculous. I had an exchange with a liberal friend of mine, and she was laughing at John Fetterman. She's not very politically astute, but yet she engages in politics like, you know, a typical liberal. And... And she's got a PhD. She's smart, you know. But 
the point is, I said, what's 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 not so funny is that the Democrats elected a guy like that into office, and she no comment. I mean, this is not funny anymore. You know, not with the way people are dying, and people's civil rights are being trampled on, and and how open borders are happening, and climate initiatives are, you know, crack cr- cracking down on our civil liberties. It's not funny. This isn't a joke. So Trump endorsed Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. This is the kind of sway. This is over on uh, another network. Yeah, this is CNN. And they're even saying Trump has all the muscle in the room. Donald Trump has incredible sway among the House Republican Conference. They listen very closely to what he says. He's got a lot of loyalists there much more so than the Senate, although, you know, that there are more Trump loyalists there now. Uh, when he was president, you know, a single Trump tweet could send the House, you know, spinning out, basically. And that reality still exists. He has, frankly, done more on, on that score uh, to, to lock down. Donald Trump has. Well, that that's a powerful statement. And uh, that is the reality. And thank goodness, you know, CNN's waking up. There's some other bad news aside from where we're going to go, you know, with a whole bunch of other stuff today. But uh, eight CEOs of the largest U.S. banks, including J.P. Morgan, Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Bank of New York, Mellon, uh, Morgan Stanley, State Street and Wells Fargo will face questioning at a Senate banking committee hearing in December per CNBC. Well, Uh, That's going to yield a lot of information, I would imagine, um, because uh, the banking, the banks are collapsing right now. Um, Bank of America just took a $131 billion uh, loss or something like that. We're going to get to that in a second. Let's see. The Grim Reaper is coming for bank branches. Bank of uh, Amigo shuts down 21 of its banks. Wells Fargo shut down 17. Okay, that's a lot of banks. The Bank of America HTM losses, okay, uh, soar to $131.6 billion, up $26 billion in quarter three, and the highest on record. Okay. That's by Zero Hedge. And in English, Bank of America purchased mortgage-backed securities totaling $474 billion, and they are now worth only $367 billion. See, what happened was people were paying, and this is happening in the automotive industry as well, where people were paying like over sticker price, and now they can't afford the payment because of inflation or in a house case if a variable fixed rate right variable variation but um, say you buy bought a car and you bought it because the cars were in such demand people were coming out of covid and they bought the car for ten thousand dollars over a sticker now the car selling brand new for ten thousand less than that sticker. You know, they're 20,000 underwater on that. In housing, in the housing market, uh, the same thing is true. They, they pay too much for the house 
and now the valuation is down and they're underwater um, because of the high interest rates. And you may be still paying your 3% fixed uh, or whatever you're paying, but uh, but the, the value of the house because of the market has changed. In English, it says Bank of America purchased mortgage-backed securities totally, because they were commercial buyers as well. $474 billion, and they are now worth only 367 They basically took a 130-something million dollar loss. Banks often sell these securities before maturity if they find other investments worth pursuing, but now they have a 20% less money than they should have. And one of the things I heard about how they can get away with fudging the numbers is they're basically lowering their guidance expectations. Here, how can Bank of America book massive losses and still beat earning guidance? How can they do that? All they have to do is lower the guidance expectations from the previous quarter, and now they're winners, not losers. You see how that works? So we're not really being told the truth. So we're going to get back to this speakership a little bit. We're going to cover that. And then uh, also, by the way, Trump filed an appeal of the Chuck and gag order. But I read something else that was really disturbing. This Chuck and person's not even an American citizen. They're from, I think, Brazil. and uh, Or they're from somewhere else. But can you believe a judge, a radical left-wing Obama-appointed judge had the nerve to give President Trump a gag order, and she wasn't even an American citizen uh, for the longest of time. Now she's a legal legalized citizen. But still, think about it. And one of the dissenters to the speakership, Don Bacon, has ties to communist China. And... They're dropping information on the... They're going after these congressmen. Um, it says here, is another little news story before we get to Tom Fitton's uh, remarks. Ecuador has basically elected a strong moderate named Daniel Naboa. Ecuador. Now, El Salvador, we've heard, has cracked down on their crime and they reduced crime like 90%. It's like incredible. So El Salvador is going in the right direction. Argentinians, Argentinians are having an election, and they're, they're hopefully going to move away from the socialism that's been rising its ugly head there. Um, and then you have Ecuador. Ecuador has basically elected a strong moderate. He'll have his hands full crime from neighboring Colombia. has caused massive crime to spread to his nation. And he claims he'll fight back. A ray of hope in Ecuador. So that was by American Thinker. But, you know, the point is that I'm trying to make is if you look to Italy, if you look to different countries, um, there's conservative leadership propping up all over the place. Even in our states, like Landry in Louisiana. Finally, you have a conservative in Louisiana running the state. 
hopefully better than the last conservative. I think might have been Bobby Jindal. I'm not sure. How how sad is it our own Republicans in Congress are against having a speaker who puts America first? You know, it's either America first or you lose the next. Uh, you get you get primaried out. It's that simple. Um, all right, and then we're going to get to Ukraine and Israel here in a second. But uh, I want I want to I want to uh, get to this uh, audio response. New speaker has much to do. Defund now the Biden Democrat lawless prosecutions of Trump. Defund now the censorship of Americans. Defund now the Biden border invasion. Okay, so that's really what this speakership is all about. It's about defunding, defunding the FBI and the Department of Justice when and where they're using these political hit jobs on conservative Americans. Uh, I'm Tom Fitton. I'm president of Judicial Watch, America's leading government watchdog organization. Uh, we have a simple request for Congress. Do your job. It's not enough to do investigations and reports. We need to stop the government corruption and abuse uh, that is so concerning to the American people. Uh, in this new budget fight, or basically the old budget fight that we're being asked to pretend is new, uh, there's an inflection point. Are we going to continue to fund Republicans in the House the wild abuse by the Biden administration of its political opponents, the mass censorship of tens of millions of Americans, the border invasion we've heard so much about, and the other wild abuses of power that are right now fully funded with Congress? And I don't know what we're talking about with a clean CR. I see a dirty CR, a CR that will fund the worst of dirty politics and corruption in our federal government. And there's a positive moral obligation right now, not next year, but right now, to stop the abuses, the effort to jail Trump on pretextual, unprecedented charges in a way never seen before in American history. An obligation to stop right now the Biden administration censorship of tens of millions of Americans. The obligation to stop right now the illicit use of tax monies to fund abortions in our military and elsewhere. The uh, right We need to stop right now the attack on children through the promotion of transgender extremism. We need to stop right now the lack of serious investigation into the Biden administration corruption, specifically Biden corruption. We need a Justice Department or a special counsel that has confidence of the American people. All of these issues can be addressed in this continuing resolution. And if they don't want to address it, that suggests to me those who, for, for, who vote for it are on the side of corruption and those who oppose it are on the side of justice. Well, that's really what this is all about. I'm going to explain in just a moment. Let's take another listen to this quick clip from him. If even McCarthy initially had taken this view, this is my line and I'm not going to back away. If you want government funded, you're going to have to stop attacking the civil liberties of Donald Trump or destroying our sovereignty through this invasion or destroying the First Amendment rights of millions of Americans by censorship. And if you share my views, you need to let your members of Congress know. I don't know if they're going to be there over the weekend, but call them at 202-225-3121. Because that's what, you know, it's not so much the, what the, who the speaker is. I guess, you know, the personality matters, the leadership qualities matter. 
But what are they going to do once they're in the office? What's the expectation of the caucus? And the expectations, in my view, are too low. You, dear voter and dear citizen, your job is to elevate the expectations and let them know what you expect them to do. And it can't be the same old, same old. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's why I played it. Um, here's the thing. I uh, I think that uh, the, the factions are related to the Ukraine funding and the, uh, you know, the endless funding that's going on with these perpetual wars and all the money laundering that's going on. And there are people that are involved in deals right now where they can't possibly back out or they would be in violation of their commitment. Just ask someone like, you know, Bob Menendez, who's a pharaoh for Egypt, right? I mean, he's a senator for the not, for the state of New Jersey. What the heck is he doing as a foreign agent from Egypt? Except, you know, receiving a lot of gold bars because the U.S. dollar is worth crap. I mean, give me a break. Here's a headline. Biden plans to ask Congress for $100 billion in Ukraine. Oh, Israel aid. Package aims to leverage support for Israel and Hamas attack. Support for Israel after Hamas attack. Size and scope of Biden's potential request remains fluid. Of course, it's money. It's your money. It's going to remain fluid. They're going to try to squeeze out as much from your wallet as they possibly can. So Biden plans to link Israel and Ukraine, playing on the sympathy for Israel to get Ukraine fully funded through 2025. They know that support for Ukraine is falling quickly, so it is now or never. This is one of those pork spending bills where there is something for everyone to get it over the finish line. A few dollars for token border security, a few billion for Israel, tons of money for Ukraine, and a bunch of other special earmarks for members of Congress to buy their uh, support. And, um, you know, so it's kind of crazy, you know, but this is all about money laundering. This is all about uh, adhering to the corporate sponsorships, corporate donors. You know, and there was a there was a really good question that was asked of Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh and basically um it was a great question to him and he said basically that's the biggest problem. These corporate donors that are donating to these campaigns. He said no matter how you slice it, these uh politicians are going to have to answer to these select few billionaires, corporations, rather than you, the people. That's the problem. So we're going to talk a little bit about Israel and the Middle East conflict. There's this meme, and I mentioned it yesterday, but this meme is really nails it. I turned on the news, and I listened to a little bit of Jesse for about two minutes, and I turned it off. I listened to Fox and Friends for about two minutes and t- turned it off. I saw KT McFarlane with, McFarlane with her Navy, Navy pin that she's been wearing for two decades. I could have turned, it was a live, live interview, happened today. I could have turned that on 20 years ago 
And we would have been talking about the same doggone thing. 18 years ago, maybe. But it would have been the same exact thing. In fact, the plastic surgery she recently had, not too shabby. But the point is, she she looked great, but what I'm saying is, KT McFarlane has been doing this same spiel for a long time, and I actually like her. But she's talking about the same thing, winners and losers and and these war strategies and things like that. We shouldn't be talking about this. If we had smart people running the world like Trump, there wouldn't be any wars like what happened under Trump. There were no wars to explain away. Even Trump said to get out of the Ukraine-Russia mess right now would be a lot more difficult today than it would have been before it ever started. And and the point is, you have to talk about oil prices. This whole climate initiative, and the reason why climate is so serious and so de- deadly, is not only is it going to cr- create starvation, but it's also going to uh, enrich our biggest enemies. We're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. How's it going? Good morning. Pretty good. Yeah, my my sentiment for what you're saying is the same thing. It's like, I you know, this whole Israel thing. I mean, what what, what do those people wear on their heads at the Packers game? The box, the cheese. That's right. That's why I feel like all of these American people are. Is like, is anybody talking about the impeachment anymore? Or all the embezzlements of Hunter Biden, all the money that he embezzled, it's gone. Wayfair, it's gone. Brushed under the carpet. So sometimes I wonder about this war. Well, well, I mean, we have a banking industry that's on the verge of collapse. And we're not talking about. I don't understand how the banking industry can ever collapse if they just have this printing machine. You know, that's, that's the one thing I've come to belief with, too. It's like. We're, we're, we're it's giving billions of dollars away like it's nothing is a, is a constant thing. Yeah. Well, look, you know? um, yeah, we have a we have um, a packed schedule. But is there anything else you'd like to say before we? Um, you know, it's just uh, yeah, it's it's the, the, this whole war. I, I kind of think I think it's a setup. I think this happened for one reason. To create a big diversion. I mean, like you said, you watch Fox News for two seconds, put it on TV, and you had to turn it off because there's nobody talking about that. Well, anymore. the same conversation it's, it's, could have been 20 years ago. You could be watching a 20 yeah. year rerun, and it's the same thing. It's like I they're understand. never solving these problems, but yet trillions no, of dollars have been spent of, by you. I, I don't understand why the people of Palestine and Israel don't figure this out. They haven't figured it out yet that these leaders that they're listening to. Do not well, care about them. Well, you know, lies. and here's the other thing is I, I read just like COVID was used as a bioweapon to advance the globalist agenda and to get rid of Trump. There was a lot of plot going on inside Israel between the two factions. There are political ra- wranglings going on. Like there's political adversaries within Israel itself that are just as dirty and as scoundrelly and and is downright low down as what we have between Biden, Obama and Trump. The disparity 
uh, you know, you look at that disparity between Obama and Trump. They have that same disparity. They have that same divide in Israel. And they'll do anything they can to usurp power or to seize power or to gain power uh, within their own country. I mean, it's and, and it's so they'll do anything, stuff. like a false flag attempt, uh, attack and, and a whole host of things. I mean, this war accomplished so many things. They've been able to divert America's attention from the impeachment. The military-industrial complex is getting rich. We're depopulating a few more thousands of people, which is great for their little uh, world economic form agenda. And uh, they are able to launder a bunch of money again. Right. And I wrote this. Um, you know, there was this meme, and it's, it has a picture of a Jewish guy, a picture of a Muslim, and then there's a picture of you and me. Right. Okay. The like a mega guy, and it says you must pick a side. And the Israelis and the Muslims are yelling at each other, and the mega guy says, "No, I'm not going to pick a side." And here's the thing, it says the. I said here, I wrote a response to that meme, and I said the Middle East conflict is complicated. When anti-globalist Claire Daly. We're going to play her in a second. Sides with Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar, so-called radical left-wing squad and the Black Lives Matter terror groups, Hamas locates its headquarters in the basements of hospitals that Israel is blamed for striking while at each side denies everything. So Israel says they didn't do it. Now Biden, over in Israel right now, says, yeah, we have kind of proof that you didn't do it. What He'll say whatever, right? Nobody really knows what's going on, whether that was a, you know, a false flag rocket or... But it is well known that Hamas is storing their headquarters in the basements of hospitals. So the only way you're ever going to get rid of a Hamas headquarter is to blow up the hospital, right? So... You know, the thing is, is that there's a lot of shenanigans going on, a lot of underhanded, and nobody is a saint over there. And we're supposed to basically take their disinformation campaigns and make heads or tails out of it. I say just leave them alone and let them fight this out and figure it out. Because nobody's going to make any money on it. (laughs) Well, that's just it. And here's the thing. You know, I'm going to be playing this Claire Daly thing. But she's sort of like a war, uh, anti-war person. But she's the biggest um, anti-globalist you could ever meet, right? She's from Ireland. She stands up there in the European Parliament and and trashes Klaus Schwab every chance he gets. She gets, and she's basically, for the most part, considered a right winger. But then now here she is trashing Israel, which I find kind of interesting. Because all of Europe has, and Canada, and all the usual suspects are on the side of Israel and donating to Israel. And that's all well and good. You can do that. But I don't think anybody really knows who the real villain is in this conflict. Just like I don't think Putin is the real... I don't even believe that Putin is the real villain in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. I think NATO aggression... Was were the morons and were poking at the bear. I don't think you know what was really going on in Ukraine. I don't think I. I I'm sure he got wind of something. Yeah, but not in my backyard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we'll never know for all, for the full we scale know, of it. Been building 
biolabs in Ukraine, yeah. like Wuhan, China. Oh, yeah. We'll never know the full scale of that. You know why? Because Daziak from Echo Health Alliance was the investigator. <laughs> and also the guy who actually launched it. You know, it was the fox guarding the hen house. But, of course, this is what's going on right now. By the way, uh, Rand, Paul, Rand Paul has a really good book out talking about the whole thing between him and Fauci. It's, it's a very good book. Leonora has read, it's a huge book. Leonora's read about two-thirds of it. She's going to do a report on it and give a book review on that. And we're going to have her on the show to talk about it. But uh, thanks for Take calling care. in. Thanks for calling in. Take care. All right, here we go. We're going to listen to Claire Daly real quick. Because this woman's a right-winger, anti-globalist, and just about everything she does and says, I agree with. And then here, she's trashing Israel, which is kind of interesting, um, for war crimes, when all the globalists are now supporting Israel, just like they were supporting Ukraine. And like when Joe Biden says, I want funding for both Israel and Ukraine, you got to start scratching your head like, what is the end game here? Because they don't, you know, it seems a little strange as to what's going on with regard to motives. The people we actually dislike the most, you know, like Klaus Schwab, uh, Larry Fink, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, Mark Ruta, uh, Joe Biden, you know, all these people that have uh, trampled all over your civil liberties and could care less about your well-being and are stealing money out of your pocket and forcing mandates down your throat, whether it's a vaccine or climate, and trying to put, ruin your life and put you out of business and lock you up if you actually disagree with them or censor you if you, they actually disagree with them, then, you know, that's, that's the person. Those are the people that are now in support sitting down at the table with Netanyahu. So it's very strange because part of their same party is the squad and they all support Hamas and the Palestinians and American-hating terrorist groups all over the world. So it's kind of a crazy thing. The Democrats are kind of crazy there, you know? So I don't think that the squad is in line with Biden right now with his appeasement of Israel and his funding of Israel. So it's going to be interesting to see how divided the Democrat Party is. They're saying that the Republican Party is divided because of the speakership thing. It's kind of interesting. You got the neocons in support of Israel, and then you got the, the people that are tired of getting sucked into wars against both. I'm sort of on the camp of you guys should have figured this stuff out. And I'm against both. I'm not choosing a side. I don't think I could ever really side with Hamas, of course. And uh, for the most part, I've sided with Israel. But in this particular conflict, I don't think you can pick a side because I don't think you have the right information. I don't think any of us do. I mean, I certainly don't have enough information to weigh in on it. And that's why that meme, I posted it, it resonated with me. But here's Claire Daly. <clears throat> Pretty bold statement from Claire. I've been involved in politics for 40 years, but I have never 
seen anything like what is being unleashed in Gaza. In full public view, while the world watches it unfold. Ten days of relentless airstrikes, one in a thousand people murdered by the Israeli government in a week, open declarations of siege, 24 hours of fuel, electricity and water left, collective punishment on innocent people, all illegal, all war crimes. And when the EU should have been arguing for a ceasefire, for the upholding of international law, for the protection of civilians, Ursula von der Leyen touches down in Tel Aviv to photo up the preparation of a genocide. And by the way, Ursula von der Leyen is the head of the EU uh, parliament, and she is the biggest globalist you could ever imagine. Like, she wants to... Uh, she wants CBDCs. She wants to control your money. She wants to uh, limit your uh, use of energy. She wants to limit your use of food. You know, like she is a monster violator of civil liberties and in the name of climate and all the other hoaxes that they've perpetrated. She's the globalist number one. And and, and uh, she was just trashed by this this person that's calling Israel out. And says Europe stands with Israel now and in the days to come. How dare she? She has no authority in foreign affairs matter. She does not speak for me. She does not speak for Ireland. And she does not speak for the citizens of Europe. We stand for peace. We stand for justice for the people of Palestine and for the upholding of international law. It's long past the time that this woman exited the stage. It's time for her to go and for the International Criminal Court so to the debate. So the debate is closed. <laughs> the debate is closed. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable uh, the way this war support is shaping up. So Ted Cruz wrote this flashback. Black Lives Matter co-founder called for the end of Israel in 2015. Okay. Pro Hamas, Black Lives Matter called for the end of Israel, just like Iran. Death to Israel, death to America, right? That's Black Lives Matter. One of the biggest donors for Act Blue and the Democrat Party. But yeah, we're not supposed to know all that, I guess. I, I don't understand why, you know, my Democrat friends can support such a group, but they do. And Black Lives Matter, you know, used to be everywhere until now. It's Everybody knows it's a joke. I knew it since day one, but, you know, since Michael Brown said, hands up, don't shoot, that's when Black Lives Matter started, right out of Ferguson, Missouri. For every corporate donor who sent millions to Black Lives Matter, including Amazon, Apple, BlackRock, and Bank of America, do you regret supporting such a virulently virulently anti-Semitic organization? Well, that was Ted Cruz. So War Monitor says... um, Hezbollah, all statements of condemnation and denunciation are no longer enough. So Hezbollah is calling like the death to everybody, right? But at the same time, in a different breath, they'll say about, it's all about humanitarianism. So if they're going to engage in this kind of vile war, they got to get ready to get punched in the face, right? 
you know, um, Mike, didn't Mike Tyson say everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face? You know, that's sort of uh, the thing. All right, we're going to switch over to uh, the globalists. And uh, I wanted to play this 40-second clip of Bill Gates. Given billions for vaccines and, and saved millions of lives, uh, if you just kind of invert that and say, no, we're you know, trying to make money from vaccines and you know, not trying to, to save lives, uh, that's you know, a popular conspiracy theory. You've invested $10 billion in vaccinations over the last... So, so he just got done saying, you know, they're trying to say that I'm trying to profit from vaccines. That's a conspiracy theory, right? And then, boom. Last two decades. And you figured out the return on investment for that. It kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math? Over a 20 to 1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. You know, we're you know, trying to make money from vaccines, and that's you know, a popular conspiracy theory. Over a 20 to 1 return. Given billions for vaccines and, and saved millions. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He's such a liar, right? Uh, a pediatrician exposes the profit uh, doctors receive who vaccinate their patients. Okay, listen. $71.75 times two doses of flu shot, $40. Rotavirus, 59 dose times three doses. The doctors do get in their paycheck their cut. A large part of their, of their paycheck is coming from vaccines. If everybody in our clinic followed this is the regular Dr. Bob Zajak, Z A J A K, that we have, that would be 1.5 million dollars of pure profit. Did run through. Uh, so it was all about the money, of obviously, to get people to conform and to uh, change behavior, right? So here's uh, Bill Gates. The here's a, an interesting thing that Bill Gates said about climate. And I want you to hear this. Okay. Right here. Okay. You know, how can you do climate effectively? There's very limited money for uh, no money to reduce inequity in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, no temperate country is going to become uninhabitable. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's I mean, good it, to it, hear. The climate people have to decide, are we the science number people? Or, or, or you know, it, it, you really want to make your arguments, you know, based on uh, what you actually know, uh, you know, about, okay, how much is the planet itself at risk, for example. Okay. I want to come back to some of those points. So he was pushing this agenda because, you know, he needs to farm his seeds his bioengineered seeds, and the climate is preventing Plant them. trees. Uh, a lot, there's a lot of people who are very enamored with trees. We've got trees on this stage. Some people would even say that if you just planted enough trees, it could take care of the climate issue altogether. And that's complete nonsense. Okay. That's, and that, are we he's lying again. Are we the idiots? Which one do we want to be? Uh, <laughs> Plant trees. Uh, a lot... All right, so he he wants to farm. He wants to farm. But uh, he says here, the end goal, which is a human condition, we have to put it all together. It's not just climate. It's all kinds of things. Let's take a listen. So climate change, the way we should think about that is it, it makes development harder. 
It makes it harder to grow your crops, and so your kids aren't as well-nourished. If you're not as well-nourished, you're uh, more uh, able to, uh, vulnerable to die from these diseases. Uh, you're more likely not to develop physically and mentally. And so we need to solve climate so that we can continue this development improvement. Um, that'll often mean different seeds. And his hands are going down, like the depopulation. Uh, it'll mean early warning systems for disasters, things like that. But the end goal, which is the, the human condition, you know, we have to put it all together. It's not just climate's over here and health is over here. The two are interacting. And if we don't act uh, on both of those, we won't have this improvement, which is what we really owe uh, to people in, in developing countries. Well, so he, he's a psychopath. He can't even control his hand gestures. But here, take this out. Take the, take, check this out. Food illness, right? It's making us sick. Our foods that we buy off the shelves are filled with poisons and toxins. And Monsanto is by far the world's... Guess who owns a huge stake in Monsanto? Bill Gates. The largest controller of food that reaches our shelves. The genetically modified seeds, so as much as we seeds. might have reached a really dangerous situation with Monsanto controlling large quantities of seeds and genetically modified seeds, and they own the rights to those seeds, by the way, as well. So if you accidentally grow their seeds on your farm without a license, you go to jail, or they confiscate your farm. A Canadian scientist has been caught in an Aaron Brockovich-like moment when he's asked to defend that chemical against links to cancer rates in Argentina. Take a look. I do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's... So you understand this, right? They're putting fertilizer out there that's supposed to be good for the plants to help keep the bugs away or what have you. And the fertilizer has all kinds of chemicals that uh, you want are to not healthy. We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. But you, not not really, but not really? I know it wouldn't hurt me. If, if, if you say so, I have some guys. No, no, I'm not stupid. Ah, okay. So you, you, you. No, but I know so that, it's dangerous. I right? know. I know. People try to commit suicide with it and fail fairly regularly. Tell the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. No, it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of No, I'm not an idiot. Food is making us sick, and the reason for this is because we no longer eat healthy food. Because of what's been happening, the cost, the rising costs that people don't grow their food anymore, and the rising costs of production and labor, fast food has become a very quick and easy way for us to get fed. And that is a huge problem for the world because fast food is not even food. We don't even know what to call it anymore. If you look at some of the... Yeah, that's so true. Well, we're at the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. That last bit is very, very scary stuff. Bill Gates is a madman. Well, look, you visit uh, magapack.org. Uh, make a donation if you can to help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free uh, for the whole hour. And also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>